You're listening to Podcasting is Branding. On today's episode, we have very special guest, Matthew Passy. You're listening to Podcasting is Branding. This is a show for podcasters to learn how to build their platform and earn the money they deserve. Coach Chris interviews top podcast hosts and experts to get the best strategies for growing a platform. He also delivers some amazing content during weekly action episodes strictly created for your development. Subscribe and enjoy the show. Your greatness awaits. What's good, people? Thank you so much for tuning in to the show. We have a very special guest today. I'm super excited to have people like this on. And Matthew is honestly one of the people that I was excited to interview for podcasting is branding because he's one of the people who actually is knowledgeable about podcasting. I think now, and we actually talk about this on the show, podcasting is becoming very, very mainstream. You know, it's super popular. Everybody's into it now, which really means that we're kind of making a shift. Now it's going to be a lot more coaches, a lot more products, a lot more books on it. Like it's just going to keep growing and growing because the industry is so popular. You know, I think this is a good and a bad thing. You know, when your industry grows, then you have some people there that are knowledgeable, that know what they're doing, they can help others. But then you also run into people who don't know what they're doing and can't really help anybody else. But, you know, they're pushing shitty products. <laughs> and so Matthew and I talk about how you can avoid those people and really ways you can improve your podcast and how the industry is growing, you know, and what is next to come. So make sure you check out Matthew's website as well. He is an amazing podcast consultant. Enjoy the show. Podcasting is branding. When you create a great show, you can cultivate an audience that supports everything you do. Research shows that 70% of podcast listeners purchase products from shows they listen to. Don't you want to be a part of that? My new book, Podcasting is Branding, will help you establish a podcast platform that changes your brand and your business forever. You'll learn the best strategies for developing messaging, how to market your show, and even the best methods for monetizing your content. This is the book for new podcasters who aren't sure what the next step is, and it can also help the seasoned hosts that want to get more from their show. You'll understand how to separate yourself from all the competition and create your own lane. You can get Podcasting is Branding for only $8 using the first link in the description below. Your greatness awaits. Welcome to Podcasting is Branding. Today we have a very special guest guest Matthew Passy and uh Matt is someone that I've known for a while and he's one of the podcast experts like myself and we really focus on helping other podcasters improve their show Matt welcome thank you for having me good to see you sir so first of all what got you into podcasting like what made you say yeah this is something I want to put a lot of time and energy into so it's interesting because I actually got my start in radio. I was working for a, a New Jersey-based news and talk station, working in the newsroom, helping them with the morning newscast, weather, website, sort of stuff like that. And while I was there, the first iPhone ever came out. And around the same time that the first iPhone came out, Apple launched an actual podcast store. And so I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, huh, this is interesting, you know, audio content. And I turned to my boss and the news director and I said, 
I think we should launch a podcast. This seems like a good way to, to reach more people, especially, you know, we do content early in the morning that people are missing. Let's give it a shot. And he was like, if it doesn't cost me any money and I don't have to do any more work, sure, go for it. So that was the first podcast I ever launched. And I stayed with that company for another year or so, produced the podcast every day that I was there. And then my next job was at a larger media organization also focusing on radio, but my job there was actually a 50-50 radio podcasting split. So I spent half my day focusing on what we did on radio and the other half of my day putting out podcasts. And I was editing, producing, hosting, creating podcasts. I mean, by the end of my almost eight years there, I was probably, probably publishing like four to eight podcasts a day, depending on the day of the week and, and what the workflow was. And at the end of 2014, this media company decided, you know what, we're going to get out of the radio business. Totally made sense. Everybody understood, like, there were some problems in radio and it made sense for them to get out of it. But they decided they would just cut the entire audio department. So oh. all the radio people, all the podcasting people, everybody got laid off at the exact same time. And this is at the end of 2014, which, by the way, was the same time that this little itty bitty podcast called Serial hit the scene. And podcasting blew up in terms of attention and popularity and people, you know, signing up for it. So here's 2015. I'm looking for work. I'm figuring out what my next job is going to be. I've actually got a gig lined up where I'm going to help someone launch a, a media company. And I was like, you know, podcasting will obviously be a big part of it. That didn't really pan out. But in the meantime, these folks that I used to interview for podcasts for the larger media company were like, hey, we miss doing those podcasts. It was great marketing for us. And can you help us produce some new ones? And I said, sure. I don't see why not. Like, I, I'm sure we can figure out how to get that done. Like, pretty sure all I really need is a computer. We'll, we'll figure out the rest later. And that's how I got started into it. And truthfully, Chris, I mean, I didn't really want to have my own business. I really wasn't entrepreneurial. It wasn't my thing. But I, I just started helping people out as a side gig while I was still trying to find full-time work. And lo and behold, podcasts blew up around me. And the business kept growing and demand kept growing. And next thing I knew, I was doing this, you know, like triple full-time work. <laughs> and, and so that's, you know, that's when I finally said, all right, I'm done hunting for jobs. No more part-time work. No more this, no more that. And I just dove, you know, headfirst into it and then don't regret it. It's funny you say that podcasting kind of just blew up around you. That's the same thing that happened to me, you know. I think both of us were doing it back when, people still didn't really know what it was. Like, it's really mainstream now. It's kind of like some artists when they're super underground and then they blow up and you're like, I knew them when they put out mixtapes. That's kind of how we are with podcasting. Um, and, and so now it's mainstream. So people don't look at me crazy anymore when I say I'm a podcaster. They're like, oh, okay, I get it. Like, that's more of the response. Yeah, I mean, I, I could say when I first started doing this, I would get a lot of a, oh, so what does that really mean? And you're right. Today, when I tell people what I do, that I, I produce podcasts professionally, they're like, wow, that's really cool. You can make a living doing it. Like, I think they're just, you know, they're partially impressed and they're partially like, I love podcasts. Do you do any of the ones that I listen to? Um, and sometimes they do, actually. Right. And one thing I wanted to ask you about, I couldn't wait to ask you this. A question I get a lot now is, how can I become a podcast coach? And I think because everybody wants that side gig, they want a side hustle that they look at whatever industry is trending up and they're like, okay, how can I be a part of that industry? So I think podcast coaches or course sellers are what's really popular, but 
it's not something I don't think it's for everyone, but I wanted to hear your opinion. What do you think about everyone becoming a podcast coach or consultant? You know, you're right, Chris. Every time we get one of these big trends in digital, first it was blogging, then it's YouTube, now it's TikTok, right? It was Snapchat. And as soon as something gets big, you see people jump in there, they do it, and then they go ahead and they start selling courses on how everybody else can do it. And, you know, they wind up making all their money teaching other people how to do it instead of doing it themselves. I'll tell you, there's a lot of people who are coaches and consultants and whatever in the podcasting space. Most of them are basically the same kind of people that would become a blogging coach, right? They, they're, they're creative enough to read the book and stay one chapter ahead of their clients and, you know, can sell that they're an expert. But I think if you really want to make a go at it, right? I think if you really want to be able to call yourself a coach or producer or consultant, whatever it looks like, you have to have invested the time. Yeah. And, and the reason why I say that is because what you don't want to do is you don't want to make a mistake with your client's work, right? You want to have already made the mistakes yourself or seen the mistakes made in other places so that you can help other people avoid them. Now, look, I, I'm not perfect, right? Like mistakes still happen even to this day. You know, they're fewer and far between and we, you know, we learn from them quickly and we pivot. But I don't think I could have gotten to where I am today if when my first few clients came along, if I hadn't already been producing content for years and years and years, and I hadn't already launched a few podcasts for myself personally and like figured out the technology because I, I you know, tried things and realized oh, that's wrong. Now we know what to, how to do it right. I mean, if you're if you're a savant, you're one of those people you could pick it up and you can just start doing it. Cool. For most other people, I think it really comes from experience and really wisdom is is what I would add. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, I think the time factor is what a lot of people try to skip. You know, instead of being committed and getting to it earlier and saying, okay, I'm going to give this at least a year. Um, I'm noticing people, man, they'll send me a message on Facebook like, hey, can you help me out do, do this on my show? And then two weeks later, they quit their podcast and now they're coaching other people on how to launch their show. I'm, and I'm just confused. Like, wait, you didn't really get your show to be all that great yet. So it's hard for you to tell somebody else how to be great if you haven't done it. And they're just selling your advice to somebody else as if it's their own. And look, I mean, we all have to learn from somebody else. I have learned from some really, really smart people in the space, but you have to, you have to learn it. You have to absorb it and you have to make it your own. You can't just pass it off as your own without having really lived that advice that you're trying to give. Yeah, man, that's, that, that's so true. And one of the trends that I'm on right now and I'm really paying attention to is just the advertising trend. Um, I'm on a ton of the podcast newsletters, as I'm sure you are. And I see the millions and millions being poured in every month in advertising. And it's, for me, it's beautiful to see because I remember starting out and people were like, how are we going to make money doing this? And how are we going to do this and that? And now there are companies spending a million dollars a month paying podcasters. I, I love it. What do you think about millions being spent in advertising every month? I, I'm with you. I love it. I'm I'm happy to see that brands are taking it seriously, that, you know, we've been seeing these trends for a few years now that podcast consumers are affluent, educated, they tend to be, you know, employed or entrepreneurial, right? So brands really wanna wanna reach them and, and 
you know, they know that they have deep pockets and are willing to spend. They're innovative, right? They tend to be front, you know, forward-facing, front-leaning people, right? They try all the new technology first. So I love that brands are recognizing that and more are piling in. In fact, I just recently, uh, I had interviewed a guy who's starting a brand new newsletter all about ad tech for podcasting. It's part of Pod News now. Um, hopefully by the time people are hearing this, he's still doing it. But yeah, I mean, Sounds Profitable is a, a new feature just about that space because it's becoming so huge. Uh, but I got to be honest, for me and for most of the clients that I work with, like I think it's great if you could build up your show and turn around and turn to a brand and say, look at the audience I've built. I want to sell access to them. Like I am really happy for anybody who can do that. It takes an incredible amount of talent, patience, perseverance, you know, and it's a skill set that not everybody has. I, I don't know if I have that skill set to build up an audience that would be appealing to a brand. For me and for most of the clients that I deal with, I think the marketing vehicle is theirs, right? They're not building it up to then turn it around and say, hey, audience I've built up, let me give you away to somebody else, right? Like, <laughs> no, I've built up this audience. This is my audience. I'm going to market my message to you, right? I'm going to, I'm going to, put my services in front of you, my coaching, my insight, my brand. And so I, I tend to deal more with people in that space. That's not to say I don't have folks who, who can sell advertising on their show, but that's more of where my focus is. And I think there's a lot of ways to monetize a podcast. And if you can get advertising, great. Like, good on you. I'm so happy and proud of everyone who can. But I think you have to keep in mind there are other ways to – make money off a podcast that doesn't just mean selling mattresses for other people. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think advertising is just the most popular, you know, a lot more businesses that I work with too, like you said, they're, they want to know how they can generate leads. How can I get people buying my coaching program or buying my book or buying my course? And I, I love that. I will say for me, when I was sponsored, um, I did make a decent amount of money but it's nothing compared to what I make as just doing it for my own business. When I shifted focus away from working to get sponsors and get advertisers, and I focus on getting leads for my business and my brand, man, it has gone to the next level for me. And I think there's a healthy balance between both. You know, I think if you can find certain brands that are willing to not compromise your audience, but if it's a product or a service that you know your audience would appreciate that you don't provide yourself that really just complements what you're helping them with, I think that's perfect. But I don't think your main focus as a business podcaster should be to go and get 15 sponsors. Like, you don't want to do that. That's too much. Now, you know, so like I said earlier, I, I came from radio. And in the radio world, especially the kind of station that I was on, we always talked about that we had talk show hosts, we had news, we had traffic, we had weather. And I remember a program director or somebody saying something to the effect of like, those talk show hosts, they're not really the money makers. Their job is to keep people on the dial, listening to that station until we get to traffic and weather. Because traffic and weather is where we sell all the ads, right? Traffic and weather is where we make the most money you know, bringing in sponsored messaging. So if you think about content as that, right, if your business model is to build up an audience and then sell that audience, right, you're not really selling yourself, you are just selling access to an audience. So I think it's, again, it's hard. It's a different skill set to be able to 
keep people listening long enough to to get the ads versus putting out a product that has a a purpose right that delivers mm. value for the audience itself versus just saying i'm keeping you here long enough so that somebody is willing to pay for your ear again i've got no problem with people who could do that in fact i highly respect it i'm very jealous of people who have that skill set I, <laughs> I don't but i think it's just a different mindset if you're doing like a comedy podcast or a, a general talk show podcast or, or whatever right your job is to just bring in as many ears as possible for Blue Apron, Casper, MailChimp, whatever. But I think most podcasters, they're building a platform for themselves, right? You've said you've been able to turn this platform into a way to amplify your brand, accelerate your sales. I think that's a lot easier to do because it's easier to define your niche, define your audience, engage with them because you know why they're here and what they're doing. And so I think just having that goal and having clearly defined idea of what it is you're trying to accomplish and what you want the audience to do makes that easier to monetize. But yeah, there's opportunity to say the complete opposite. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. So one thing you said was creating a great product. And just explain really quickly, because this is a question I get a lot as well. What is a great product for a business podcaster? Because we know, like you said, with entertainment, their job, their goal is to get as many people listening as possible. So what qualifies as a great product if I have my own coaching business or if I'm an author? This is a, a question I do get often because you have so many brands that want to be in the space and they think that, oh, if I have a podcast, I'll blow my business up, right? I'll get a millions of dollars in sales just because I have a podcast. And so what they think is that they can basically just create a giant commercial for themselves through their podcast. Oh, they sound terrible. <laughs> right. Nobody, nobody wants to, yes, podcasts are free, right? Anybody can download them. Anybody can listen. But you have to ask people to invest their time. Nobody is giving up 20, 30, 60 minutes of their time to listen to a commercial for you, right? That's why they, they plug infomercials overnight and early mornings when nobody's watching TV because nobody's watching right they they know that that audience doesn't exist and yes there are voyeurs who love infomercials and i'm not poo-pooing you but just you know right like that's how it's programmed so what i tell anybody who wants to turn a podcast into a platform for their business is two things one do a podcast that you want to do regardless of whether your name is attached to it mm. so i'm not doing a show about podcasting purely because I want to advertise my services. I do a podcast about podcasting because that's how I stay informed, right? I get to interview all these great leaders in the podcasting space. I get to try out new technology when it comes along. I get to play on the new software platforms when they first pop up because I'm genuinely curious. So I do a show that I want to do regardless of whether or not it's attached to the brand. The other thing that I tell everyone to do is, Podcast is if you're only getting one listener, right? If you are so focused on how big your audience is going to be and you're always programming and always thinking about growth mode, right? You're going to get pretty frustrated if you don't reach these artificial numbers and downloads figures that you've set for yourself. But if you do the show that you want to do or that you are passionate about or something that just makes you smile every time you do it, regardless of who's listening, you're going to create a more enjoyable piece of material, right? I know yes. we're doing this on video, 
right? And, and a lot of podcasters are shifting over there, but most podcasts are audio. But believe it or not, I can hear whether or not the host is smiling while they do their show. Right? <laughs> smiling while you're doing your show. Why do you think I'm going to smile while I listen to your show? Right? If you don't want to be there, why do I want to listen to you? It doesn't make sense. So do a show that you would do regardless of your brand and do a show that you would do regardless of if you had listeners. And you will create genuine, authentic, good content that will, in fact, grow an audience and help you accomplish your goals. Yeah, and I try to tell that to business owners, like, hey, look, when you create this show, it's not so you can sell every single episode during the entire episode. You can't do that because nobody, would you listen to that? Would you listen to it? If you wouldn't listen to it, why would you sit down and record that? And Do your competitor do the same thing? No, do a show you want. And you know, go ahead, drop an ad for yourself in there if you need to, right? If you were so worried about that part, then go ahead and make a 30 second, 60 second ad and say, that, all right, now word from our sponsor. It's me. hilarious you say that because I literally, that's one of the things I teach my clients is like, hey, if this show is going to be about your business and your brand, it's nothing wrong with you running an ad or having a pre-roll. There's nothing wrong with that. Keep it about 45 seconds to a minute. Let's have a nice script to promote whatever your offer is, whatever the book is, and that's it. And it works very, very well because you're not beating your listeners over the head with it. Like you don't have to make every episode about it. That's exhausting. Right. And, and by the way, and rotate them, right? Cause if you're putting in, if you create one ad and you put it in the same spot for 40 episodes in a row, by the third time people hear it, it's white noise, right? They tune it out. They, they know, uh, here comes the ad, right? Create a couple of different ones, rotate them in, change the message, get seasonal, right? Like, Ho, 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 it's Christmas time. Have you thought about a new blah, blah, right? Like keep people on their toes. Keep it interesting. But yeah, I agree with you. Advertise yourself. It's your platform. You've built it. You do with it what you want. You have built it. You own it. Enjoy it. Oh, see, I love that. I love that you you get it. Um, One thing I wanted to ask you about too is what do you think about business podcasters specifically having seasons of their show? I believe having seasons is what most people should be doing because it's just more efficient in the long term like being able to take that break where you don't have to record anything for a month or so is really healthy for a lot of people because when people have to record every single week non-stop i think that can kind of cause that burnout but if you can record for a month and then post content for three months that's a nice little rhythm i think you i think there's an argument for and against seasons i mean what you're saying about seasons makes perfect sense right like if you can stockpile content put it out in a timely fashion keep it organized by seasons great if you're someone who who's just like no i got something to say every week of the year i'm going to open up that <laughs> mic every week of the year then yeah forget seasons you don't need them what i will say about seasons are one either you organize them by time right here's the fall season spring winter summer right so it makes sense or here's the theme of the season yes right? this month we were talking about leadership you know next season we're going to talk about blah 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 and and keep it organized so that it makes sense why things are going in season now the one thing i will tell you and this probably applies more to the entertaining podcasts and the comedy podcasts and, and all those folks who whose goal is to just build the largest audience possible so they can turn around and sell access to you know the fruit company is when you take a break, it is hard to turn that audience back on, right? 
the one thing we always talk about in podcasting is consistency. Week in, week out, be there for them. If you're not there for four weeks in a row, look, people still work out. They still do the dishes. They still, hopefully they're taking their kids to school, right? They're commuting and they're going to listen to a podcast. And if you're not there, they're going to find something to fill that void. So you either have to have an incredible marketing machine that can get your audience back into it when you're ready to relaunch that season, or you have to do something that keeps them, you know, reminds them that you're there. That's my, my biggest concern with seasons is just the chance to lose your audience between seasons because people need to fill that time with something else. And they might find something that's just as good or, or maybe not as good, but it's like, but they're here, right? I'm listening. Right, right. I I just think it, it's really good to figure out what works for you as a podcaster. You know, I think there are so many ways to do this. We as hosts just got to figure out what works for us. Um, and once you figure that out, you stick with that rhythm. Um, I think my biggest piece of advice to podcasters is always keep going. You know, that first month, you may only have 30 downloads, but you never know. In three months, you could 5x that. In six months, it could be at a totally different level you never imagined. So keep going. So my last question for you is, what is your main piece of advice for the business podcaster out there? I think it goes back to the earlier question, which is have a goal. So many podcasters, they jump in and, and right away the first question is, how many downloads do I need to be considered a success? I don't know. How many downloads do you need to be considered a success, right? I have, I have clients who, if they can sign one new prospect every quarter, then the entire venture pays for itself. So, right, <laughs> right. If you can get thirty listeners, what's the chance of one of those people turning into a client? Pretty good. If you need five hundred new clients every quarter to consider this a success, then yeah, you probably need more like twenty five hundred or let's hire 5,500 downloads in order to convert those people to clients or, or whatever it is, or sell your book or whatever it is you're looking for. So I, I don't think everybody needs to grow the biggest audience possible. I think you just need to know why are you doing this, right? You don't need a podcast. It's a nice thing to have, but you don't need it. It's just a tool. It's just a delivery platform. If you can get your message out in other ways that are cheaper, more effective, or, or whatever, use those. Having a podcast is not some sort of like checkbox before somebody's going to do business with you. It helps. Lots of people are listening to them. Lots of smart people are listening to podcasts. So if that's your audience, then yeah, you might want to get in front of them. But I have I, one of my first clients that I ever had. He literally on the phone, the first time we chatted, he said, look, you know, I don't really care how many people listen to this. I'm going to do about eight or so and mostly the reason why I'm doing this is because there's people in my space that I want to talk to and if I call them up and I say hey you have an hour to chat they're gonna go no yeah. <laughs> for you I, I don't have an hour to talk to you but if you email them and you say I'd love for you to be on my podcast and talk about you and what makes you special right they're more likely to answer the email and say yeah I'd love to be on your podcast he was using it as a networking vehicle his audience was not the person on the other end of the earbuds, his per his audience was the other person on the end of the mic. And he turned that into a huge, powerful, successful show where not only has he grown his personal network into 
hundreds of other people in his space that he highly respects and who all think highly of him and who are excited to get other people on the show. But yeah, he wound up turning it into 20, 30,000 listens per episode because he didn't do it for any other reason other than there were people he was genuinely curious about. And so other people wanted to genuinely go on that journey of curiosity with him. So again, I, I just want people to realize that not everybody has to have the same goal, right? You're not everybody has to get to a million downloads and the Spotify deal like Joe Rogan, or not everybody has to get to, you know, a hundred thousand downloads so they can sell ads for Casper mattress, right? Figure out why you're doing this, who you want to reach and what you want that listener on the other end to do. Even, even if the listener isn't right, your target market, and you will be way more successful than just chasing this artificial download number that people love to boast about and frankly lie about on you know social media and other places right right <laughs> we we do see a lot of those um matt please let the people know where they can find you super easy it's just thepodcastconsultant.com or search for my name matthew passy matthew with one t passy is p-a-s-s-y i'm usually on there posting stuff about podcasting or being snarky about it one of the two <laughs> All right, Matt, thank you so much for being on. Chris, it has been an absolute pleasure. Good to catch up with you.